Now turn in the Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3 for this message today. Appreciate all of you who are here. And we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. The title of this message is The Great Pretenders. The Great Pretenders, which I think that was a group, but I don't know. But it's not the group that I'm talking about. The Great Pretenders, somebody else. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 is where we'll start our reading. And thank you so much for your prayers during the message. Pray that God's will will be done and that we will rightly divide the word of truth. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. The great pretenders, and in this evidence that the Lord has given Paul to give to us, we learn in this letter about what's gonna happen in the last days. Now, I will say to you that even, and I I believe the world is a young earth. I don't believe the world is necessarily millions of years old, but there are ways that people have created a gap theory and other things about that, but I'm not uh, necessarily in favor of the gap theory. There's Christians who claim the world's a little older than that, and some say it's a little younger, but I tend to err on the side of basically believing the world is not that old, but even under a young earth, we understand that it's still been thousands and thousands of years. And the last days certainly even started with the events of Jesus and, and the, the birth of the church. So uh, this, is, this, this has been about a 2,000 year period of last day times. And so I don't want to say that, oh, our particular day is the particular time of the particular future, because basically, I believe we've been living in the last days for a while. But having said that, God is in a situation where he's warning us. And he wouldn't have put these words if they weren't applicable, I believe, to every generation. And I think that every generation needs to know these things. So let us pray that God will help us and to not just learn the truth, but to be encouraged about the outcome in the end. So we start with that this, these are dangerous times. So the first thing we'll learn is that these are dangerous times. And how do we know that we're living in dangerous times? Well, we know it by how people act. 
How are people acting? Are they doing things that are not good? And we know them by their negative behavior in the general populace. Now, as I read to you, Paul lays out a whole list of very bad things that characterize the people in the last days. And those things basically could be written about our own time. I, I mean, you go through each one of those things, I see it all the time. These are factual biographies of a high percentage of our population, not just here, but in other parts of the world too. And I want to remind you as well that I am very pro-American. I'm very patriotic for my country. I can't deny that. I love my country. But if I were born in Venezuela or if I was born in Brazil or, or in Germany or wherever I would be born, I would hope that I would be patriotic there because it is not the country that makes you good or right, but rather it is God who makes the country right. If you don't have God, you can have the best country in the world. And if you don't believe that, Israel <laughs> was carved out by God, and guess what? He had to reject them on numerous occasions, did he not? And they didn't have a good track record. And if God will discipline that group of people, he'll certainly discipline any other nation that does not have God for their Lord. So I'm saying to you is that my patriotism on earth, our earthly patriotism is always dependent to the phrase under God and it does not matter what nation I find myself as a citizen, uh, where I find myself a citizen. I, every, God's an, he's not a respecter of persons. Any nation that lives righteously, I believe, will get a natural boost from God Almighty. And I don't care whether you are a big country or a small country, populated or not, have great uh, resources or none, I think that God gives everybody on this earth the opportunity to give thanks to him as creator, and he gives revelation of himself throughout the world that his power and his character are clearly seen. And if anybody looks to him, if they try to find out anything about him, he'll shine the light on them because that's the way God works. He loves all, uh, and I believe he gives opportunities, but I believe also many people that because of their pride, they don't bother even to look. They just don't care. And that's why when you look at the bad things that are characteristic of dangerous times in these last days, there's no doubt that this is a list of what's going on even now. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. All this is going on. I mean, we could give examples. I could give examples of all these things. Just get on the internet and look at what people say in their social media. The language that people use. The way they, 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 they don't care about blaspheming God. The way that people are disobedient to their parents. The way that you see people complaining, but you don't see them thanking God. You know, I would like to look at their profiles and see how many people in public thank God for anything. It's ridiculous. If you're going to have communications with people in this world, if you do not show thanks to God publicly, why are you ashamed of God? Don't be ashamed. 
Thank God publicly. Thank God in front of people, not just privately, because it's important to honor God. Thankfulness is, by God, a true act of worship. But if you don't thank God, how in the world can you be considered a person who's under his uh, uh, supervision and, and, and under his blessing? We need to thank God. He also says unholy. Well, there's no question. The idea of holiness today is, is completely beyond the realm of comprehension of people. They don't even understand the concept. I mean, literally, what is holiness? It is a supernatural atmosphere that God has in himself that when he is with you and when you are with him, it surrounds you too. And when you are holy, it literally is like a divine purifier of anything that's unholy. That's why God wants us to be with him. That's why the Spirit is not called the Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's holy. And when we allow the Holy Spirit and we get closer to the Holy Spirit and we are filled constantly with the Holy Spirit, then God makes us holy naturally. But in the last days, people will be unholy. Uh, things that they should be bothered about, they're not bothered about it because they're unholy. They don't care, you know? The, the pig is not even, the pig never thinks about himself being dirty, okay? Think about it. The pig probably thinks something would be wrong if he was clean. So the, the hog doesn't care, but we need to care because God wants us to be holy people. Unloving, how clearly that's seen in our day. Unforgiving, people have lots of grudges. Slanderers, I mean, they literally say things about people, about which they have no knowledge. But boy, they print it in the, in the media. They put it out there for the world to say. They say all kinds of falsehoods. They're slanderers without self-control. I, I believe that for sure, that we have whole generations that don't know how to be disciplined. It doesn't even register in their brain. Brutal people. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, you know we are in a brutal society when we've got grown women fighting each other, boom, 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 wrestling around, and people are watching this and calling it a sport, and it's like, it's just brutal. Uh, is this what God would want us to act like? Of course, you say, well, Brother Keith, they, they have men fighting that way. Well, that, that kind of makes my point. Our society has lost the distinction between men and women. And so there's no expectations for men or women. And the whole society is like a ship without uh, any kind of rudder and just tossed to and fro. And, you know, I just would like to see us have some basic understanding of how to behave in a good way. I would like gentlemen to be gentlemen, and I would like ladies to be ladies, but unfortunately our society is brutal. They don't care. They don't care. Despisers of good. Not only, it's not that they, they tolerate good. No, they despise good. They despise it. It's absolutely crazy what's going on. The latest that I saw was uh, if the current uh, administration that they project to win wins, they are actually, the LGBTQ 
XYZ people are actually saying that every Christian school that has biblical standards and teaches what the Bible says about marriage, sex, and gender, that they will have to lose their accreditation and they will not be able to have an accredited school. That's what they are trying to do. Now, I don't think they're gonna be successful, but they might be. You know, the world may call us to just totally divorce ourselves completely from the system. Worse things have happened. And uh, I'm not panicked about that. God is good. He, he sees what they're doing. But I'm just trying to say they despise good. They don't want anybody to even have an opinion about it that disagrees with them. That's not a healthy state of mind when they're trying to eradicate us from making a living and even saying our point of view. And believe me, there's a lot of half-hearted Christians who would sell out because they want a tax break or they want a, a group outside the church to tell them what actually is and is not uh, acceptable. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, we should not tolerate anybody questioning the word of God, no matter what. That's just one of the many things, despisers of good. Traitors. Uh, there's been so much treachery going on in recent days. Traitors to the nation, traitors to uh, personal trust. Uh, literally, there's so many people that have betrayed the trust of other people, come out with stories about people that are not true, but hey, they do it anyway. Headstrong and haughty. These are proud people who are stubborn and just gonna do their thing, they don't care. That happens today. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. <laughs> I don't even have to explain that one. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, there's no question. That's our day. Uh, so I, I do believe there's a lot of negative behaviors associated with these dangerous times. But it's, it's not just dangerous because of these behaviors. But I think secondly, it's dangerous because of their apparent godliness. You see, it's not just the bad behavior that condemns these people. It's their so-called good behavior that really condemns these people. Look what he says in verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Oh my goodness, if this one, this one's, this one is probably worse than that whole list of bad things we just read about because it is in this one that they really deceive people. It is, this is the reason why Jesus had such a hard time with these religious leaders and, and, and constantly called them out because they had a form of godliness, but they didn't have God's power. They didn't have the truth of God in their lives. And, and literally, we live in dangerous times because of this, how shall I say it, appearance of godliness. But they don't really have true godliness. I think that we live in a time, literally, when people are acting as though they're good and they have this attitude that they are good and what they believe is good, and even pervert the Bible to get the Bible in to proof text their beliefs 
as though they're good. They use phrases like, we just need to love one another. <laughs> Who can be against love? We all just need to love. They don't love us, by the way, but, but, but let's just leave that aside. We want to destroy your life and ruin your job and keep you from making a living until you bow down the knee to our foreign God. But still, hey, we just want to love. Can't we just get along? This form of godliness is what I call the, the easy believism, where you, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. You know, that kind of attitude. It's, it, I've, I really have had a problem in the past 30 years by Christians who have kind of bought into this by saying people need to be people of faith. Well, what are you believing in? You know, you can believe in a lot of things, but it's it's not just your faith. It is whom to whom you're giving your faith. And it is the Lord that matters. And he clearly here says, these people have a form of godliness. Oh, they look like they're together. Oh, it looks like they have, have uh, the whole world behind them and they, they project a good positive image, but they deny the power of God. They don't have real godliness. And the Bible tells you and me, from such people, turn away. Have nothing to do with these people. Turn away from these people. Treat them with contempt. They are not your friends, and they're not my friends, and they're not God's people's friends anyway. He explains a little bit about these people. If you want to get the profile of the kind of people he's talking about, see if it doesn't kind of make sense today. For of this sort are those who creep into households. I, I like that image. It looks bad, you know. They're, they're creeping into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. You know, the pro-abortion movement has wrapped itself around the idea that women, this can only be pro-abortion. I mean, that's really what they've done. And they, they talk about the feminist movement, the women's movement and all this. And if you notice that abortion has become a, a sacrifice to the false god of, uh, of this, this age because, because they can't stand the truth that what abortion is is the killing of a baby. They can't stand it. So they want to justify it in their mind that I have my freedom, I have my rights, and that's more sacred than the life of this thing, which they have to dehumanize and not think about. You see, the problem is, is that we have to be careful because it's really easy to be seduced by the dark side of the world, or the dark, not dark side, but by darkness in peri uh, period. Because God says here that these People who are seducing these people into doing wicked things, they are using their, their guilt over their sin and they're rechanneling that guilt in another direction. And that's what's happening. The reason why these people fight so hard for abortion is that they know they're guilty and they're trying to fight it. They got a guilty conscience, but they don't want to be reminded of it by anybody who calls them on it. And it's sad. And believe me, abortion is a forgivable sin. Three of the greatest people who ever lived wrongfully took the lives of other people. Moses took the law in his own hand and killed some guy who uh, had abused a, a Hebrew. And he ran away trying to get away, uh, uh, to escape the punishment. 
David, you know what he did to cover up his sin. He had Uriah the Hittite put in a place where he would die so that he could uh, cover up the fact that he had had an affair with Uriah's wife. Not a good thing at all. Uh, the sin and the cover-up. The cover-up was worse than the sin. And then, of course, there was a guy named Saul of Tarsus. Uh, he sat there, and he was more than happy to have a perfectly innocent young man, Stephen, murdered, murdered right in front of him. He didn't, he didn't bother him. He was happy to see it. Now, those are all very bad sins, but guess what? God forgave those men. I think maybe God is probably waiting to have some of these women who have been for abortion or even committed abortion or allowed it to happen, I think they could be used by God mightily. Can God not forgive? Of course. God's a great God. He forgives some of the worst things imaginable. So he certainly can forgive that. But our world is so dedicated to evil that literally they are associated with all these sins and notice that in this situation, they are, uh, I believe, associated with money. These evildoers, they always got an angle to try to trick people out of their money. How many widows are approached by some of these unscrupulous people to take away their money? because their husband had died. And they always do it for a good reason, you know. Oh, we're gonna put the name of your husband up on the building. Until someday when somebody says, your husband was a racist, and then we're gonna take his name off the building. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, but we're not, we're not gonna tell you about that, but we're glad to take your money. We're glad to take your money. It's, it's unseemly and it's bad. And God really wants us to avoid those people who are literally, uh, they look good, but they are denying the power of God. In verse seven, the end of that situation is they always learn, There's always they're always getting more information, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and, and the Bible gives us examples of this uh, and compares it to someone else. Now, so we learn that, we live in dangerous times because of the bad behavior of people in general. We live in dangerous times also because of even the false godliness that's happening in our time. What society says is good is actually very evil. But there is happy news. And that happy news is this next part, the ultimate defeat of these evildoers. And that's why this message is not a negative message. It's very positive. Look what he says in verse eight. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these men also resist the truth. And that's a key point. Their fight is not with the president. Their fight's not with uh, uh, some idea. Their fight is with the truth. They're at war with the truth. They don't want the truth. They don't want the truth out there. There's a movement right now called the Great Reset. The Great Reset is a movement by the globalist to actually change all of society by forgiving debts, yes, but then they want to make everybody dependent on them, and then they want to tell you what to do, and they'll control you. 
because once they've got you, they've got you as a serf, as a slave, and you won't be able to do anything. Also, another part of this great reset is they want to deny the power of the people through democratic means to write laws that oppose the values that they have so that they will just make it where you can't vote certain laws. They've already been working on this through court rulings in the past. When the state of Tennessee defined marriage as between a man and a woman, uh, the Supreme Court decided, eh, no, that's not it. So where does democracy come in? If the courts can just outlaw nature, you know, or, or who's, who's in charge of whom? I thought the people were sovereign, but I don't, I don't know anymore. So what God wants for us, if you see here, is to see the ultimate destruction. Now, I heard a story about a man who got put in jail. He got put in jail for shoplifting. And it wasn't much, you wouldn't think, but uh, he, he, uh, he stole a can of peaches. And the judge said, how many peaches were in that can? And that man said, well, there were five. He says, well, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna give you five weeks of hard labor for that, and you need to go in to jail for five weeks. His wife raised her hand and said, your honor. He said, what, what do you need? And she said, well, he also stole a can of peas. <laughs> I, I, that was a real loyalty right there. Talk about being a traitor. But in the Old Testament, the Egyptians had their own magicians who were, they knew how to trick people. They knew all kinds of illusions. So when Moses showed the power of God by throwing down his staff and it turned to a snake, which was the power of God, uh, the Egyptians did their own, their own version of this and they called it, I mean, they had a trick of doing it, and their little snakes started popping up. But then God decided, okay, you want to play around with me? That's fine. He had the snake that he had created to swallow the snakes of the Egyptians and took away everything from them. And, 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 and yes, there will be people and who will resist the truth. They will try to stop but they will fail because notice what is it that characterizes these, these people, the enemies of the truth? Well, first, they resist the truth, okay? That's, that's easy. Right now, we have people in the news media and the corporate media that are sold out. I, I believe half of them sold their soul to the devil. I really believe it. I mean, they don't care anymore. They just say whatever they want to say. That's okay, okay. They resist the truth. Secondly, men of corrupt minds. There's your, your second problem is they got corrupt minds. They, they, they don't even think right in any way. They have a rottenness in their mind and how they're thinking. It's absolutely horrible. But this third thing, I really was just knocked almost off my chair thinking about this one because it doesn't say they disapprove of the faith, okay? The faith of Jesus Christ. No, that's not it. Yes, they disapprove of the faith. And most of the time, we make the mistake of thinking that, oh, these people, they, 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 they don't approve of the faith. They don't approve of these things. That's not what God says here. He says the third problem they have 
is that they are disapproved concerning the faith, meaning because of their corrupt mind, because they resist the truth, God has said to them, hmm, I am putting you in the disapproved column. (laughs) I am putting you over here and I am rejecting you and you are invalid and you are not gonna make it. And by the way, if God puts you in the rejected column, you're in trouble. You are in huge trouble because you've already painted a picture for yourself that is never gonna be beautiful. And you have created for yourself a prison that you can never get out of because you have been rejected by the Lord because of your attitude to the faith. Ooh, that's that's scary. Scary for them, but that's what God says. They are disapproved concerning the faith. So they made a mistake. They made their bed. They're going to lie in it or lay in it. I'm bad on English sometimes. And then, but then in verse nine, and this one is uh, very interesting how the word is, but they will progress no further. <laughs> there is a limit to what they can do. There is a limit. It's, it's, not by, it, it's, it's not accidental that progressives are called progressives. They think they're doing great. They think they're making life better, but they're not. They're not gonna progress any further. They, got, they resist the truth. They're corrupt minds. They've been disapproved because of the faith. And so they will progress no more. And here's why. Here's why their little party's gonna end. Here's why their journey's gonna come to a crash. Here's why they will be absolutely horrified to know in biblical proportions what's gonna happen to them. The Bible says their folly, what is foolishness? What is folly? It's nothing but foolishness. When you are literally telling little boys and little girls, we're not gonna tell you whether you're a boy or girl. We're gonna let you decide whatever you wanna be. Folks, that's folly. That's foolishness. And that's a child abuser right there. And they should be called out on it and probably the kids taken away from the parents. It's absolutely horrible. But that's where we're going. And their folly, the Bible says, shall, will be, Manifest, that means made known to some. (laughs) No, no, no. He says it'll be manifest to all. Everybody's gonna see the truth, folks. It's just sooner or later, but it's going to happen. It's gonna happen. It's not a matter of if, but when. God's gonna take these fools and show their folly because they've done these things. They got, they resist the truth, they have corrupt minds, and they have been disapproved because of the faith because they don't have the faith of the fathers and Jesus Christ. So the Bible says their folly will be manifest to all as theirs, Janice and Jambres also was. So God is in a great battle. It wasn't easy for Moses. Moses, the first time he went to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said no. Second time, no. Third, I mean, he kept going. They had 10 plagues. It wasn't until the 10th plague they finally let him go. And then he, he, he reneged on that, tried to, to pin them next to the Red Sea. And then God protected them and they went across the Red Sea, but he didn't protect the Pharaoh's army because when the Pharaoh's army came in there, the whole army got slaughtered by the water that God flooded them with. So God's going to win. He can't but win. Now, in this world, 
We may win some, we may lose some, but we're always winners through Christ. And we have the promise of the word. The word says these people are gonna be shown for what they are. It's gonna be made known to everybody. Just wait and be faithful because God's in control. I really mean that. And he allows these people enough rope to hang themselves, literally. I got one verse to, to talk about before I leave, and this is from 2 Chronicles 20, 15, and I really just love this verse because I, I came across it this morning. Now, this was when Israel or Judah was being threatened by an alliance of armed forces coming in there. Everybody was losing their head. How are we going to win? <laughs> Okay, we're in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15 is where I'm going to read, but I just want to, to put it here. Oh, we're, we, we can't defeat these people. They have too much. Jehoshaphat was the king. He was worried. Everybody's worried. Everybody's crying, losing their head. What's going to happen? Panic, panic, panic. But the Lord sent a prophet to say this to them, and this is in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. And he said, listen, all of you, all, all you of Judah and your inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> Woo, that's glorious. He says, don't be afraid of the numbers against you. Don't worry about that. The battle's not yours, it's God's. It's God's battle. The truth is, God's always the ally of truth. He is truth. He stands up for truth everywhere that truth shines a light. So these people in these so-called election offices that don't want everybody to see what's going on, they don't want the truth. I wonder why, I wonder why. Anybody who will not stand and say that we want openness and honesty, those people, they resist the truth. I'm for the truth. I, I would not like if one of the presidential candidates that seems to be ahead won, but if I am convinced that that's what the people voted for, I could at least say, well, that's what the people want. But I'm not convinced of that. I want the truth. I just want the truth. But the truth's gonna win one way or the other. The truth will win. It has to win. It can't but win. And that's because God is truth. So his battle's not ours, it's the Lord's. And to make the long story short, yes, the people of Judah won their battle. <laughs> and they didn't have to do anything. I mean, literally, God took care of it. And God will take care of us too. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. And that's what we want to do is thank you that the battle is not ours, but it is yours. And Lord, we don't want to resist the truth. We don't want to have our minds corrupted. We don't want the faith to be disrespected. We ask for your mercy to be upon us. And would you help those who maybe are just ignorant about a lot of these things, that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. Many people have done wrong and you use them as great servants. And I thank you for that. And that should not stop. I ask for your grace to extend to these in our country that the truth will be made known in our land and throughout the world so that the false leaders who have been elected through false means all over the world, that these people would be exposed for what they have done and that we would restore honest elections 
worldwide so that the people in each nation would not be dominated by satanic forces that are trying to promote a one world government, but instead that we would all in every country respect God Almighty as the true God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand to our feet and we'll sing a a hymn together as our hymn of invitation. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, 308 will be uh, the hymn that we uh, sing today.